where does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now, where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host, who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. Bonnie D. in the house. Thank you to the voice of Ryan Treasure at Voice America for that wonderful intro. I never remember whether I say this is the future or that, so I'm just going to go up in the air. Welcome to the future of now. Listen, we all talk about creativity. What have you done today? Are you an artist, a dancer, a singer, a designer? Are you a tech person? What are you doing to make things fresh and new? So we're going to talk about the future of human creativity in the age of AI. As many of you know who are my regular listeners, and thank you, my viewers and listeners around the world, we've got almost 200,000 of you a year without any paid advertising campaigns. And I'm very grateful to you for finding this show of value somehow in what you do professionally, personally, or tell people about it, please. We want more and we want more. I've been doing a, I'll call it a sub-series recently on the future of fill in the blank, and AI. We've covered drones and AI, automotive and AI, empathy and AI, HR and AI, attorneys and HI, workplace rights and AI, music composers and AI, artists and AI, the horror genre of novelists and AI. So we're just going to take this big, broad topic today, the future of human creativity, which covers a lot of what I've already done. I have four very interesting panelists today. By the way, panelists, I don't know in your bios if you include the word futurist, but I am dubbing you a futurist because you're here on my show. It's not really a job title. It's about thinking forward. That's it. So let me do my opening and full credit. I do use ChatGPT for my research tool. I always give credit where credit is due. Say what you think. I like it. So here we go. Uh, and by the way, being polite to ChatGPT makes a difference, I'm told. So I say, please tell me, not just give me or tell me or send me. You're very polite. And there is a little bit of sentience and there is a little bit of human empathy. I think it's built into the algorithm. So please tell me about the future of human creativity and AI collaboration or competition? Ooh, that's tough. So here's the answer. While AI has shown the potential to generate creative outputs such as music, art, and literature, there is still a long way to go before it can fully replicate human creativity. Here are two possible scenarios. Listen up. AI and humans will collaborate, there's that word I like, to create new forms of art and creative content, allowing humans to focus on emotional expression and storytelling and leaving the repetitive and routine tasks to the machines. Okay, that's not bad. Another one, this is a little more dramatic, is AI will mm -hmm. eventually surpass human creativity altogether. Wow. Okay. I don't think we're there yet. I also asked ChatGPT, when will AI have emotions like humans to enable it to become truly creative? And the answer, currently most AI systems are designed to be purely logical and analytical. They process data, make decisions based on pre-programmed rules and algorithms. But since emotions are shaped by experiences and relationships, which we as humans have, Replicating emotions in machines would require a deep understanding of human psychology, aha, uh -huh, and a new generation of AI technologies. 
I haven't seen that before. And of course, I said, ChatGPT, please send me some movie quotes about creativity. And I have two interesting ones. Here's one from The Greatest Showman 2017. It was a biographical musical drama film. I love the way they put genres together. Uh, a directorial mm-hmm. debut of Michael Gracie from a screenplay and story about a cast with Hugh Jackman, Zac Efron, Michelle Williams, blah, blah, blah. The story and the life of P.T. Barnum, the, the circus entrepreneur. And here's the quote. We can't be afraid to be weird, to be different, to be ourselves. That's the only way to truly create something amazing. I love that quote. And one more movie quote. This is from The Soloist. This was a Jamie Foxx and Robert Downey Jr. movie. It was the story of Nathaniel Ayers, a musician who developed schizophrenia and became homeless. Mixed reviews, but it did pretty well on its budget. Here we go. I believe that everyone has a creativity gene. It's just a matter of finding that gene and nurturing it. I like that. I think that's a beautiful quote. So, panelists, wave when I call your name, please. Glenda, badass <laughs> goddess Benavides. There she is. She's usually a redhead, but she's going with the David Bowie look, I have to tell everybody. There we go. And then we have Jean Mind Spawn Mastering. Can't wait Ooh. to hear from you, Jean, newcomer to the show. Mm-hmm. We have Graciela, Captain Mama, Tiscareño Sato. Happy to have you. You've been on my shows before. And Stevie, the voices of Impact Gallegos. Hello, Stevie. Welcome back. Yay. Oh, what a panel. You're all hopping to do this. And the topic is the future of human creativity in the age of AI, collaborate or compete? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Bonnie D in the house. I'm going by the name Bonnie D period, all lowercase now in case I'm creating a new new persona. So welcome to everybody. Let's go around the table and find out who you are. Glenda, you've been on a couple shows with me recently. Glenda, I did the math this morning just before we went on the air and I figured out there are 11.32 people in the world who don't remember who you are. That's it. So would you please update those? I feel very bad about telling you that. Would you please tell those 11.32 people who you are and what you've been up to? Three minutes and what's your your link or your tie, your interest in this topic? Glenda, welcome back. Great. Thank you so much, Bonnie. You're so awesome. (laughs) It's always a pleasure and a joy hanging out with you. Thank you. Good morning. Wake up. (laughs) I'm an award-winning singer, songwriter. Um, I am in the Recording Academy here in Los Angeles. The, the California area. Um, and I've been doing music and performing and writing for over 30 years. And, um, and I love it. And I'm so grateful to have to be able to do that. So um, you can, I'm also um, supporting artists right now that uh, struggle with them, themselves making an impact. Um, and so I empower them to re-engage their higher level um, and help them make their goals, you know, and make an impact that they were born for. So I'm I'm doing that, and um, I have a wonderful new um, EP, not an EP, but a single out, and it'll be out this month. It's called I Burn. So you have to check that out. You can find me on glendamusic.com. Thank you very much. Nice to have you back on the show. I still miss your your PR picture. I wish we could get a picture is this brilliant red color, the color of my background here. Next time, all red, Glenda. That's a request. There you go. <laughs> Let's go around the table. Newcomer, Gene, you can tell we we don't have a good time. We have no sense of humor on this show. Gene Williams. I agree. I, totally. I, I should have warned you. Gene, I feel like I'm with family and friends here, and I am. Gene Williams, I'm putting you on speaker view. We want to know all about you. What is mind spawn? What do you do? And just regale us and what does creativity mean to you? Gene, welcome. 
Thank you. Uh, thank you, Bonnie. Um, so I run MindSpawn Mastering. And what I am is a mastering engineer. I've been doing this a long time. And basically what a mastering engineer does is I finish records. Um, you know, someone, uh, they put their blood, sweat, and tears into something. And as it gets toward the end, I'm the guy that goes, yep, that's good. Let's, let's put it out. Or I make, you know, some small adjustments, sometimes some big adjustments. But the whole purpose here is to, is to make the record as best it can be, to, to, to allow the music to live up to the potential that every artist wants to have. And a lot of that is connecting with the artists themselves, the producers that may be involved, the mixers that may be involved, um, real, helping them to realize their vision, helping guide that vision to some degree. Um, you know, by the time it gets to me, most of the stuff is done, but it's, this is the last stop before it goes out to the world. So, um, that's largely what I do. Uh, I've been doing this off and on for about 30 years. I've done a lot of other things too. Um, <clears throat> including archaeology. I was a COO for a internet company at one point. Um, but my love is and always probably will be music. I'm also an artist. I release stuff under the name Mindspawn, uh, very much dark ambient kind of stuff for the most part. Um, and I work with a lot of people, everybody from hip hop people to uh, classical people, everybody in between love music. And I'm actually excited about what AI is bringing mm -hmm. to the table, uh, simply because like the, you know, the, the creativity is allowed to, um, how to put this, the creativity is allowed to flourish more by not having to stop and deal with the mundane. AI right now is awesome with the mundane. It gets through that crunching of numbers, if you will. It's not crunching of numbers, but it gets through that that basic idea of like, okay, what about this? Oh, here's here's some quick sketches of that. Then the artist can take it and go like, ooh, that's that's neat. Oh, I want this piece. I want that piece. I don't want that piece. So I'm excited about it, and I'm excited about the future of music, and probably always will be. Thank you very much, Gene. Very interesting. So you're in favor of the word collaboration rather than competition when you say oh, that you get ideas. From, it, it sparks something. It's that, I call it the blank page fear syndrome, mm -hmm. which I was a computer programmer back in the day, and you always had that blank page, write me a program that's going to make this report. And I say, oh my God, I got a blank page. What am I going to do? 2,000 lines of code later, I had the report for them, but I had to <laughs> fill that page with the code. I had to fill those key punch cards. I shouldn't admit that much of a date. Thank you very much. Gene, I have one quick question for you. I don't yes. usually ask after the bios, but the question is, when the record, the music, whatever whatever medium you call it these days, is it mm -hmm. record, CD, is DVD, I don't know what it is. When it comes to you and it's just about done, mm -hmm. do you ever have that creative spark that says, I don't like the way that segue went from the chorus to the to the solo in the last part of the song. I want to change it. Do you ever have those sparks? And how do how how do people deal with that? What, what um, happens? It, that is always a collaborative thing between artists or client because sometimes you're not actually dealing with the artist. Sometimes you're dealing with the producer. Um, there's absolutely times when I you know hear something I'm like oh that you know like that that last chorus because that should be your climax you know. Our, usually but let's just use that as an example and maybe it's just not quite there now there's things i can do on my end that are subtle but if it needs a little bit more of a wrench no we 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 talk to the producer we talk to the mix engineer we try to figure out hey what's the best way to bring this up and interestingly enough i think that could be a really good use of where ai is and it's also been believe it or not it's been in the, in our world especially the mastering engineer world for i don't know for at least a decade believe it mm -hmm. or not. And, you know, we've been working with it to some degree. Yep. A lot of, of, of people have. So 
I believe it. Thank you very much. And a shout out to one of our, our big fans of the show, Christopher. Chris Carter is watching and he said, you go, girl. I love the show today. So he's watching us, I think, on LinkedIn. Thank you, Chris Carter. Let's go around the table. Graciela, Captain Mama, I'm ready for you to. I, you know what? I think it's just about the same 11.32 people, Graciela, who don't remember you, same as Glenda. We're just going to go. And Stevie, you'll have the, about the same number, too. Talk to those 11.3. Graciela, you've had so many careers as I have. Have, as Gene has, as Glenda has, and Stevie will tell us about all the, the careers he's been in. Graciela, mm -hmm. bring us up to date. What have you been up to, and, and what's your overview quickly on human creativity and AI? Welcome back, Graciela. Yeah, thank you so much, Bonnie. You know, you're kind of perked when you had that little quote in the beginning about uh, being weird. <laughs> like, I love that because it's true. It's true. And I love that movie, by the way, if you haven't seen that, that movie. Um, so, yeah a series of careers that basically now have kind of woven themselves all together to come to this creative point. So it kind of starts with being the daughter of Mexican immigrants turned military aviator, flying for the Air Force for 10 years. And I'm focusing on that part because that then now inspires what I put out into the world creatively in the form of bilingual children's aviation books. And that's pretty weird because it's like, the bilingual, the English, the Spanish. My first language was Espanol. Uh, you see my colors here. I'll tell you about that in a sec. That's all new since we last talked. But it's this combination of coming from this unlikely place and turning into a military aviator, which is weird uh, and awesome and adventurous. And then letting that experience, I'm going to use that word a lot when we talk about this topic, because like, what do we create from experience? What experiences has AI had? None yet. <laughs> yet right and so so the experiences is really what what informs my creativity and so i now have a publishing company we just celebrated 12.5 years in business gracefully global group and uh, among other things we do is this a captain mama children's book series inspired by my decade of flying on kc-135s flying gas station weird <laughs> airplanes connecting to each other in the sky weird Right. And so what I'm doing now, the reason I'm dressed like this is because I've been going to air shows for two years now, uh, in addition to all the school assemblies that, that, uh, that I do. But what's happened, and it's so fun, is when you show up authentically and when you put yourself out there as you are not trying to hide some parts of your identity because you think it'll make people comfy. I put it all out there. And now I just got asked to start announcing air shows, air shows at airports, military bases and Espanol. So May 20th, I became the first person in the United States to announce an entire air show, all 3.5 hours, all the civilian acts, all the military jets in Spanish up in Hillsboro, um, Oregon. And I created, like you, a new identity. So now I'm Captain Mama, but I am La Vion Narradora. So like the woman that talks about the airplanes. But look at my identity. I'm bringing my uh, sarape colors. I'm bringing my wings. Okay, so I'm being creative and I'm being so weird. <laughs> Only when doing this. And so so I'm going to stay weird. It's just going to get weirder. And then I'm hanging out with people, with other people who are saying, she is so weird. Let's see if she'll be weirder. And that's where we are now. Because now they're asking me to do these things I never thought of, right? Um, so yeah, so I think, you know, the, the answer to your question is this. Um, I, I use ChatGPT now for structure. You know, if I want to do like, you know, how would I announce this person at a thing? I'll ask this question and I get structure, right? And then just like Jean said, I, that's hilarious. That's like so cliche. I'm laughing, but this is good. I'll work with that and then I'll make it better. 
So I like the way we can use it now to spark ideas and kind of like, the, mm-hmm. you know, like to, to start. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait to see where we go. And, and you're going to see as we talk that I'm a big giant sci-fi junkie. I think a lot of humans have already thought about these questions and there's been all these cool answers. And I, I want to see, you know, where we actually end up because sci-fi predicts our future. Thank you very much. Very interesting. Always love catching up with you. Woman in aviation. Interesting. I had a guest on the creativity show. I'm trying to trying to remember her name. I will find it for you from the publicity summit who has been an international. We used to call them stewardesses, flight attendant. Mm-hmm. And she mm-hmm. has lived in seven countries, visited 57 countries. She's over 70 years old now, and she's still flying from continent to it. continent and loving it. And what she didn't tell me, Graciela, you may know her from the summit, what she didn't tell me is that she's been an actress and she has auditioned for parts and she's been in a lot of movies. I think Stevie knows who she is. Anyway, very, very interesting. So uh, I just am fascinated with how we create the variations and the weirdness of our lives. Come on, 30 years ago, Glenda, would you have known, Stevie, would you have known Graciela and Jean, what we would be doing? That we'd be sitting here talking, that we'd even have this thing called ChatGPT and AI, even though it's mm-hmm. been around for a long time, but under <laughs> under wraps, if you will, Gene. Stevie, it's your turn. Why don't you regale us? Uh, same 11.32 people. Just tell us. Go ahead. Welcome back, Stevie. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, I just love being here with all of you. I mean, it's just, you know, to, to it's it's just so amazing to to know that you people exist, that you're so fascinating that you love what you do and that we're always, always, always in the process of creating ourselves, right? Because that's really what what it's all about is that, you know, bringing something new to the world, whether it's a new word, a new new song, a new book, a new idea, a new <clears throat> painting. Bonnie, your paintings are fabulous, regardless of that you're using the inspiration from, uh, you know, AI. And um, I love the topic of AI. I'm so privileged to be on the show. I Frankly, I've been accused of using artificial intelligence since I was very young because people would tell me, my parents told me, I was good for nothing, you're stupid, you're an idiot, and so how is it possible that you know all these things? You must be using some sort of artificial intelligence. And look, here we are today. (laughs) So um, I grew up, you know, in an environment where I was told, where I was stifled, where I was uh, really Mm. told I had no value, and so I, I tried to commit suicide multiple times by the age of 17. And at 17, uh, I received seven words from a book that that I read by Norman Vincent Peale called Change Your Thoughts and Change Your World. I didn't know that it was possible, even though I read the book, I didn't know it was possible to change your thoughts, but I knew I could change my world because I had run away from home before and that was fun. And so I said, I'm gonna run away again. This time I ran away from home into the United States Marine Corps. Talk about jumping from the fire into the frying pan into the fire, right? So in the Marine Corps, I learned that I did have value, that I had something to contribute to the world. And so that sparked and launched my uh, careers from a U.S. Marine into law enforcement, into becoming a board-certified civil trial lawyer, a a singer-songwriter, recording artist with an album that was considered for a Grammy in the year 2000, and commercial photographer published around the world, uh, as an author, international speaker, and it's gotten me to the place where I am today as an expert on communications. And communications language is all about creativity, what to say, when to say mm-hmm. it, and you know how to say it at the proper time. And so uh, I just love being here with all of you guys and to be able to give some value and input. And uh, yeah, I believe that AI is certainly a tool. I see it as nothing more than an advanced hyper 
level of inspiration that we've all been using all along anyway. As a musician, Gene, Glenda, you guys know this very well, that when we had trouble coming up with a lyric, or we looked to the songs that we liked, and we looked to other musicians, and what? how did this artist do that? And so, you know, that's a form of artificial intelligence, because it wasn't us, it was Lionel Richie suggesting to me, oh, how this thing should go, right? And so, you know, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with using AI, as long as we use it responsibly, ethically, and um, let people know, you know, this part is me, and this part was contributed to me. Yes, thank you very much, Stevie. If we totaled up all the careers, and I don't use the word hobbies anymore, Gene, I think it just, it's outdated. I call them passions. All the passions and all the professions and all of the the things we've all pursued, whether we've done them for money or not, we, the list would be probably 50 to 75 different <clears throat> genres of what we all do. That to me is amazing. Stevie, I think you're the one who said creating our life. Wow, that's what this is. We're creating our life, absolutely. And by the way, you mentioned my artwork. This is a, a thing I did in a, a thing. It's a portrait I did of a redhead woman on a microphone with red lipstick and smiling in Night Cafe Studio. If you go to Night Cafe, N-I-G-H-T-C-A-F-E on the internet, you'll see Night Cafe Studio. And it's a free generative art AI app a program and i use it when i'm just in the mood to have some fun or for certain categories of topics i'm going to do on the show so chris carter i hope you can see this i think you'll appreciate this and i'll do one more this was a uh, another one let me see if i can get her up yeah this one is looking more through her glasses at the world stevie likes that yes so i'm going to leave some of these up <clears throat> i'll be changing these during the show this is a new a new thing i'm doing on technology revolution why not? Thank you all for the bios. We could just sit here and talk about how you decided to do what you all do. Very, very, just fascinating. Let's go to the opening quotes. If somebody is brand new to watching or listening to the show, by the way, we are simulcasting, I love that word, on Voice America Business Channel. Shout out to my engineer, Andrew, the friendly one. Yes, he always says, how are you today? Andrew, he's not from New York, but he sounds like it more than I do when I am. If you can figure that out, I'll give you a lollipop or something. <laughs> uh, and we're, we're broadcasting on three channels online. I have two pages on Facebook I'm pushing the show out on today, streaming on Restream, and one on uh, my LinkedIn page, Technology Revolution. So there we go. So Glenda, um, I've asked you all to send me a quote from a fictional character, human or not, I forgot to put that in, <laughs> <laughs> and you'll see why, from a movie or a TV show or a song lyric, and you're going to relate the quote to the topic. So very briefly, I could spend a half hour just reading the attributions, the source information about what you all sent me, but I'll keep it very simple. Glenda has picked a quote, actually two-part quote, from a scene from Surrogates, a 2009 American sci-fi action film. I don't know why I put this in, but it grossed $122 million at the box office. It's based on the comic book series, The Surrogates. Uh, it's about an FBI agent who ventures into the real world to investigate the murder of surrogates. And surrogates are humanoid, remote-controlled robots. Very, very interesting. The plot centers on the mysterious murder ooh, of a college student linked to the man who helped create a high-tech surrogate phenomenon that allows people to buy remote-controlled robots through which they interact with society. Ooh, interesting. All kinds of psychological diagnostic codes that would relate to this, Glenda. So here's the scene. Computer voice says, upload complete. That's my best computer voice. And older Lionel Cantor 
who is the reclusive inventor of the surrogates played in the movie by James Cromwell says, you're too late. What I've done can't be stopped. Now you're going to be a witness to the rebirth of humanity. That's my gift to you. This is kind of shaking, ground shaking here, Glenda. Take two minutes because we have so much to cover. Two minutes. What does this have to do with creativity? Like we can't guess. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, well, <clears throat> when I saw, you know, it, it started with Star Trek, actually, you know, when we were kids, because it was like, oh, my God, you never thought that that was actually going to happen. But it did. I mean, we have we had flip phones, you know, <laughs> and that sounds so archaic right now. Um, and then when I saw um, surrogate, I was like, oh, my God, this is where we're going. And I but I, of course, I thought of all the wonderful things that could happen and that you could actually be more creative and more expressive. Yes, you could use it for, you know, darkness, but I, I saw it like, wow, you could you could actually explore and express yourself in ways that that only your imagination would allow you. Like you could jump into a crowd like the guy did. He just free fall into the crowd and then just boom, was up, going, you know, but he was actually his his physical body and his uh sentient brain, whatever was at home, but he was actually having the experience through the, the actual robot AI expression, right? And it was am amazing. I was like, oh my God, you could be anybody. You could do anything, you know? Um, yeah, of course, it would. if you broke it, you would, it would cost a lot of money to replace. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you could like, I'm going to fall off a tall building or I'm just going to jump off and see if I can make it to that next building, you know, that we've actually watched on TV, right? Our characters, you know? like in matrix or something it's like and she runs you know it's like ah so um i just thought that was fascinating and amazing and i knew that that's where we're heading we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna plug in we're gonna upload and you can already start to see it like um uh apple just really just did their whole promo on the the glass what did, what did they call it gene do you remember whatever the glasses were no but but they're really the, cool. the new ones. Yep. Yeah, the new ones. It's, it's not out yet, but you're like, oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Get to have AR, VR. Here we are. There we are. Thank you very much, Glenda. Great selection. I appreciate that. Thanks. My gift to you. Right. Oh, my goodness. Jean Williams has picked a quote from Rebecca Newt. N-E-W-T is her nickname, Jordan. Young girl played by Carrie Henn. Speaking to Ellen Ripley, played by the one and only Sigourney Weaver. The movie is Aliens, 1986 sci-fi action film. Graciela's loving this. Uh, it's considered, Gene, I'm sure you know this, considered among the greatest films of the 1980s, among the best sci-fi action and sequel films ever made, mm -hmm. and equal to or better than Alien. Oh, my goodness gracious. Written, of course, and directed by James Cameron. Uh, second film in the Alien franchise, set in the far future. Ellen Ripley, Sigourney Weaver, has been in stasis for 57 years aboard an escape shuttle after destroying her ship after an escape Aboard an escape shuttle after destroying her ship, the Nostromo, to escape an alien creature that slaughtered her crew. And they find two live, two bodies, no colonists, just two bodies, and one, a traumatized young girl nicknamed Newt. So this is Newt. And the quote is, they mostly come out at night. Mostly. <laughs> I'm getting chills on this one. Gene, you better rescue us. I'm not sure what we're talking about here. Go for it. So, um... You know, the, the thing that Newt is talking about is is something that is scary 
in in uh, you know and again not not to to paraphrase for the ai being necessarily scary but this usually happens this way usually and that's exactly how i see ai is this usually happens this way but you know what it might not and i think that's the thing that that the promise inside of ai in a weird my weird twisted way by the way i have to to note that I still prefer alien over aliens, but I'm more of a horror buff than I am a sci-fi buff, but I completely agree. It's one of the best sci-fi action movie slash horror movies ever. Anyway, um, <laughs> but with AI, uh, you you have a lot of people that have trepidations about it. I totally understand that. But the the fact that it's going to come and it's already here, it and again, it mostly comes at night. <laughs> and so, you know, my way of thinking is, yeah, it's mostly coming like under the surface, but it's been here with us a long, long time. And I really do see that that flowering out, if you will. Um, and yeah, it's going to be scary and that's okay. I mean, if it wasn't scary, it probably wouldn't be fun um, and it wouldn't be adventurous. You know, the, the, if, you're not, if you're comfortable, I think that you're in the wrong place. I mean, David Bowie was really famous for quoting this kind of thing is like uh, that if you know, if everything feels like, yeah, you're you're on point and, and you're 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 good to go, you're not in the right place. Especially if you're an artist, you need to challenge yourself. You need to be uncomfortable. You need to know that they mostly come at night. <laughs> Do you know that it keeps reminding me of a song? Oh, it should be right. <laughs> what, what's the song? They only come out at night. Da, 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 oh, da. What, yeah, yeah, what's yeah. What's the song I'm talking. thinking of? I, yeah, I, I, I can't remember. Not, but. What is it, Glenda? You remember? Is it Maneater? Maneater. Yeah, That's it. yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. Man, yeah. Man, well done. Man Hollow Notes. Hollow Notes. Hollow Notes. Yeah. Right. There you go. There you go. <laughs> what was the name of the movie again, Gene? Aliens. Aliens with an S. Okay. Yeah, with an S. Right. This was the sequel. Thank you very much, Gene. Very interesting. Let's go on to Graciela's quote. Graciela's picked a very interesting quote. The attribution is the doctor, which is an EMH. That's an emergency medical hologram played by Ricardo, Robert Picardo, Star Trek Voyager, season three, episodes eight and nine. I do my homework here. (laughs) He is an artificial intelligence manifesting as a holographic projection designed to act as a short-term supplement to the medical staff of a starship during emergency situations. Whoever wrote that sentence is brilliant because they packed about 5,000 facts into one line. The starship Voyager is stranded on the far side of the galaxy with no surviving medical personnel. The doctor is forced to act as the chief medical officer for years. Interestingly enough, when Picardo got the, he got the audition for the character, 900 actors auditioned and he had no idea what this was going to be all about. And he thought, oh, it's just a minor role. It turns out he ended up having one of the best roles in the show. But he said, I didn't know what a hologram was. He said, I was confused. I didn't know what it meant to be a hologram or a computer program. I didn't understand enough about Star Trek science, which is based Mm -hmm. on real science, although we don't know how to make a hologram with density. So I got the part without having any idea what it was all for. That's a quote from the actor. Here's the quote, Graciela. Here's the quote. Being a hologram does have its advantages. I'm getting chills on this one too. Everybody loves this. Go ahead, Graciela. Okay, so I'm going to really geek out here, but this is so important. And then I'm going to ask at the end, you know, for Steve to kind of think about the legal implications of the 29th century. So, so, so the, the hologram is now this, he's basically a sentient being, you know, he used to be stuck in sickbay or in, in, you know, in the holodeck where we're no photons and he's a creature of light, right, where he could exist. 
Um, but in one episode in Future's End, he actually acquires a mobile holographic emitter. So he can go anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. So now this is like, okay, you know, you're useful, your function. We created you to be the emergency medical hologram. Now he can go anywhere. And so there's this amazing episode where um, the away team is trapped on a radioactive planet. And because he's able to infiltrate and like, you know, like he doesn't care about radiation, he single-handedly rescues the whole team. And that's where that line first came in because he's immune, right? So he says being a hologram does have his advantages. And then he then has four years of experiences as a hologram crew member traveling through the Delta Quadrant. So only experiences that beings of light can have. So what happened four years later in season seven brings us to this creativity moment. And author, author, he, the hologram, creates a hollow novel named photons be free so now he's like calling for the liberation of holograms and and he sends it to a publisher on earth and so he details how the holograms have been treated right they're being oppressed because they're being they're they're stuck in mines why are we so intelligent you're using us to mine are you kidding me so so the characters you know they ah it's so good it's so good but what i wanted to focus in on is there's this moment where the publisher decides that he was not going to allow the doctor to make any more changes. And so there's this creative battle with the hologram. So the, the human earth publisher versus the opinion of the, who's an artist? The hologram's the artist, right? And so he wants to change his content, but the, there's this whole battle of, well, the publisher's like, the law says that you have to be a person for these rights to apply. Mm -hmm. And so then there's this question of, is he a person? No, he's a hologram. So does he have any rights as an artist would? And so there's this whole trial, which is amazing, right? And so I I love this episode because it propels us way deep into the future about, you know, if we are programming artificial intelligence tools to create like us, then they're going to create like us. But then might they have experiences like the hologram doctor on the radioactive planet that we can't have? And so then they can have those experiences, there's that word again, that allow them to create from a place that we can't. Ooh, what a beautiful question. And I love the question. And then, you know how the law always catches up later, Steve? You know, you invent the internet and you start putting stuff on web pages and then people go, oh, wait, can you use that? Because that's my, right? That's where we are again. And so the law always catches up later. And this episode even went there. And in the end, he was not found to be a person but the judge did call him an artist and granted him all the rights of an artist. So it just blows the mind in terms of who can create, what is creativity, and, and when it is created, can it be credited to the artist, which is not a person, not a human, it's a hologram, it's an AI? Ooh, great questions. I love all of it. Thank you very much. Great, great quote. I appreciate that. Let's go to Stevie's quote. Now, Stevie has a quote from a song by Kenny Loggins, American singer-songwriter, on his second studio album from 1978, going back in the time machine. The album was called Night Watch, and the song is Wait a Little While. Interestingly enough, the album, Stevie, was number seven on the Billboard 200. The lead single, we all know this one, Whenever I Call You Friend, Everybody remember that? Number one on the Billboard Hot 100. 
Uh, it, it had the first released version of the Doobie Brothers' What a Fool Believes, which is one of my favorite all time, because I never figured out the words until I looked up the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> she she this, and she this, and she that. And who is she? Where? Anyway, uh, Loggins co-wrote it with Michael McDonald. The It seems like it's a compilation album, because most of the artists on Nightwatch represent <clears throat> Kenny Loggins' original band from 1977 to 80. And here is the quote uh, that, and by the way, Nightwatch side two, whenever I call you friend, wait a little while is the song, Kenny Loggins and Kenny Loggins with Eva Ein. What a Fool Believes is on that, somebody knows in Angelique. So here's the line, wait a little while to welcome what you're after. Give it the time to find its way to you. And soon, as you no longer try, you'll turn and find it standing by your side. Come and get it when you let it, it'll come to you. Stevie, that is absolutely a, did anybody get goosebumps on that one? That is just a beautiful lyric. Stevie, go ahead. Three minutes. Talk to us. It is. I wish I had written that lyric. I had the pleasure <laughs> of meeting and working with Kenny Loggins in Santa Barbara, California back in the day. And, uh, it, you know, since that time, he has always become one of my favorites and, and just such a great human being. And so when I listen to this song, wait a little while to welcome what you're after. Give it the time to find its way to you. As soon as you no longer try, you'll turn and find it standing by your side. Come and get it when you let it, it'll come to you. Nice. And it just brings up these notions of, you know, as, as creative, whether we're artists, musicians, painters, uh, you know, designers, photographers, authors, uh, teachers, CEOs, moms trying to create activities for your kids. And, and and we get lost in that, you know, I, I need this idea, I need this next word, I need this next phrase, I need this next money-making thing. And and we get so focused on, ah, I want it, I want it, I want it. And and the problem is that we're just so focused in, in you know, on this thing that we don't have, which is the outcome, right, of the creative expression, that we miss all of the messages around us that will inspire and further that creative expression, right? How many times have you been asking yourself a question and wanting the, the result and then you're driving down the highway and you see that billboard, right? Or you meet that person and, and they just happen to, to express the title of your book. Oh my gosh, that's a great title. Right? I'm going to use that. Can I borrow that? It happens to us all the time, but you only get the answer for the thing that you're wanting when you relax and let it go. So the idea of the way the universe works, and you've all experienced this, is that you ask the question and just relax and go on about your busy day. Go on, you know, like I love the vacuum, right? And, and when I vacuum, I don't know, maybe it's the noise of the vacuum or just the fact that I'm engaged in another activity ideas just rush to me like some people get them in the shower right some people get them when they're washing dishes right it just happens read my mind. in these weird places right and so just to put a, a a final cap to this imagine you're wanting google's help with something and you type in the search to google and you keep typing the same question you keep typing you type it over and over and over and over again and you never let google respond with the answer that's what happens when you lock up your creativity by wanting that thing so much that you disallow yourself the opportunity to experience 
all of the beauty around you, all of the things around you that could further that inspiration. Thank you very much. I have to tell you, those of you who've been on my Monday night Read My Lips creativity show, I often quote David Byrne, who was the front man for Talking Heads. He was interviewed on Stephen Johnson's How Ideas Happen podcast. And I, I love this little quote, Gene. I think you'll appreciate that. He says, you're already more creative than you think. You just need to pay attention to your ideas. Here's the quote. Sometimes I have just the title of a song, Stevie, that comes to me and I write it down. And I go, expand on that. I think there's something there. Or I have in my computer a whole lot of musical ideas that have maybe a melody, a nonsense word melody, awaiting words, but I usually need something to start on. There's what I call the blank page syndrome. Hard to start from nothing. I'll accumulate, he calls these the very little beginnings. When I come back, I've got something to build on. And the comment, I believe, from uh, Stephen Johnson was, our minds fizz with fragments of ideas, puzzles to ponder, clues on how to fix a problem. Most of us undervalue that chatter. Writers and artists systematically capture the little beginning. So he says, put them down and take them, go away and then come back and find them and say, what can I do with this? I just want to share that. Thank you all for the quotes. I'm, I'm absolutely appreciative of everything that you all, you all did, the work you did to find quotes. Uh, Jean, I hope you enjoyed the, the quote segment because you're new to the show. And yeah, I started, Jean, I used to let people pick quotes from famous people years ago. And if I can tell you how many Winston Churchill quotes and Gandhi <laughs> quotes and Maya Angelou quotes and uh, Thomas Edison and Mark Twain and I was just, I could tell you the quotes before. And now I say, I went to pop culture, I call it. And yes, so it's made quite a difference. So let's quickly have, we only have 15 minutes left. Let's see if we can pick, I'll pick one prediction from each of you. And let's take two minutes to explain. If anybody has a comment on somebody else's prediction, you have, I think, five fingers on each hand. One of them is the mean finger. Pick one of the nice fingers and wiggle, Gene, one of the one of the wiggly and nice fingers, polite fingers at me. Glenda, <laughs> prediction number two, you say, I see us being able to plug in and learn at a faster rate and have storage in our brains with the help of AI in the next 15 years. 15 years. It will exponentially move our creativity and expression onto new realms. Glenda, go. Ah, um, <laughs> um, hologram no. to Bre to Glenda. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I'm not really sure. Um, I loved that because I felt like that is where we're heading. I mean, that's uh, to me. That's that's you can already see it with Neuralink. You can already see. You know, we're we're exponentially helping each other through technology to help debilitations of some sort, you know, like if we want to see or if we want to plug in or whatever. I'm I don't know. I I love I love all the current stuff. I I'm I'm one of those who embrace technology. I love it. I think it's interesting. I think it it does allow for creativity um for me. And like and sometimes I've noticed like going back to what Steve was talking about with um like you like you'll hear a song and I'll be just listening to the song in that relaxed state. And then all of a sudden I'll hear a word and nothing to do with the song. Okay. It wasn't in the song, but it was what I made up and I went, write it down. And I've got probably 300 of those, <laughs> either lines or just a, an idea or a word or something like that. So I, I, I wanted to speak to that, Steve. That's like, it's, it's so true. Like hundred percent, you just got to let go and let it in. Um, and as far as this, you know, prediction, I mean, I, I just, we're, we're, we're there, we're going there. And if you, you either get on or get off. 
<laughs> very, yeah. very well put. Yes, yes. And I would say forget about the doom and gloom and use it optimistically and, uh, and <laughs> for, for positive. Okay. I People come on the show, people propose topics to me and they say, I want to talk about how terrible it is and it's going to ruin us and it's going to make... I say, no, there's so much we can value in the opportunities yeah. of AI. Let's talk about the good stuff. How many yeah, else absolutely. can talk about the bad stuff? Okay, Gene Williams, prediction mm -hmm. number two. You say, as I put it in the chat for you, as AI develops in our sector, new tools will arise out of the interaction between artist and machine, potentially creating entirely new tools, fields of exploration and study. Gene, unpack this two minutes, please. Go ahead. Sure. Um, and so, this starts from the idea that like, and, and if, if, if one has, has used an AI more than a minute um, and you really like set with it for uh, a second, and I'm gonna use an example, it's not music based, but it's, um, it's, it's something where I really saw this happen. Um, I, I also play role-playing games and one of the more tedious aspects of role-playing games is uh, statting out, you know, non-player characters to, to operate inside the, the game Milo to tell, help tell your story. Well, the more I interacted with this, the better this dude got, chick, whatever it is, <laughs> the better that this AI got at, at responding to that to the point to where it was throwing me things in, that I was like, oh, my goodness. Now, what if we then took that and then built on top of that? Well, then it created a whole new subset of rules for me to work with. Um, and, uh, and again, going back and forth with it. It evolved it out to the point where I'm like, you could actually just sit with this, uh, with the AI itself, and do this whole process, which then leads you to be have your mind freed up to do other things because the genie's out of the bottle, whether people want to admit it or not. And the thing to do here is to like see where it can take you because the you know when you sit down in in front of it, ask it a question, uh, it's inspiring. I love the art stuff as well because uh, I, I also uh, play around with uh, um, Night Cafe. I also use Photo Leap, which is another AI, uh, or it has the ability to, uh, to generate AI images. And the stuff that it, it shoots you back, I mean, sometimes you're like, okay, that's weird. But, but, but other times you're like, wow, that's just interesting what it makes your own mind start to think up. That then I think you start to go, well, what if we went over here? Because now we're, we're talking something I haven't even thought of before. And this is the part where I think the AI has a, a real advantage for us to create new fields of exploration and stuff. We don't know what it's how it's going to start to put together things when that starts to happen i think that we're going to go oh my goodness and didn't even think about this this is a whole new thing and then we're also going to that will then lead to further study in those those fields a great example is just you know the medical field alone think about how far advanced that we can push this to and it's already happening in in, in uh, so much of the, uh, the the medical sector where we're using technology to like really further and uh, to further the advancement of that come up with new techniques new ways of, of dealing with diseases and and disabilities that we'd never had before so Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. Great predictions. Let's go to Graciela's. I'm not stopping because we've got about nine minutes left. So I want to get through at least one from each of you and then we can we can do a little commentary. Graciela, prediction number three, you say AI systems like ChatGPT, listen up everybody, will encourage more humans to write their own memoirs assisted Talk about role play, Jean. I think right. I want to be. I think I want to be me for a book. Okay, assisted by whatever AI can come up with as a first draft. 
Graciela, you have to unpack this. I have no clue where you're going with this. Everybody's saying, what? Go ahead, Graciela. Yeah. Well, have you guys all seen The Terminator? Okay. I have to show you this. This is this is so funny. Just look. Can you see this? Hold it. Hold it. Oh, the ring light. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. It says, John Connor watching y'all make friends with AI. <laughs> I have to show because that that made me laugh so hard because there was so much there if you've seen the movies. So so my prediction, you know, I thought about this as a writer, and I thought about how many times I encourage people. I spend a lot of time with the veterans, especially older veterans. You know, the 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 World War II veterans that are dying one a day at least. Have has anybody written your story? Like what's left when you go right? Uh, now the Vietnam era. And and so I'm really into encouraging other people to write their memoirs. It's just what I do, just in conversation, right? And so I thought, well, you know, people want a shortcut because they don't like talk about blank page. Like you sit mm-hmm. down, you're trying to write about your life, right? So a lot of people just will never do it. But I'm thinking, oh my God, this is where people could do it. This is how AI can jumpstart. And so for fun, <laughs> I actually went in and, and you guys should try this for yourself. It made me laugh so hard. Um, type in, write the first 20 sentences of a memoir by Graciela Tiscareño Sato. Just put your name in there and let ChatGPT go out and find what exists and then start writing your memoir for you. But it is so bad. Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, it's like so cliche. Okay, I just have to read you the the first part. In the land of humble beginnings where dreams flourished amid adversity... I, Estella, came into this world. Born to a family of Mexican immigrants, my story began with their unwavering resilience and relentless pursuit of a better life. Raised in the vibrant tapestry of East Los Angeles. I'm like, okay, stop. (laughs) I wasn't born in East Los Angeles. Where the hell did that come from? (laughs) I'm in tears reading. Like, this is the beginning of my memoir, right? And my son comes in the room and we're laughing because, you know, he's used it. He's 16. And he says, mom, Chat GPT right now is a, like a bunch of monkeys in a room with typewriters. <laughs> right? <descriptor>. Right? <laughs> yeah. Coming back to the futuristic view of what we can do is I would love it if it could go find these stories that have been written about me and that I wrote a paragraph or whatever and have it like intelligently put together something that could structure back to that word structure uh, my life, but then I'm going to be able to go back in because only I know what I have lived, those lived experiences. Only I can add that emotion. Only I can add the descriptive words and the adjectives and then, you know, see a video of some, oh yeah, I forgot about that part, right? And I think that we it's going to be such an amazing tool to document our lives in this written way so we can leave a record of ourselves. All these other records and formats will exist. But I just think, wow, if this can help more people actually write their memoirs and get it started, what a beautiful gift AI is giving to us. That's very, I came up with, by the way, on that note, I came up with what I'll call a new parlor game. If such a thing, sit in your kitchen, living room, whatever, if you have Alexa or any other kind of (laughs) chat in your house, ask Alexa to tell you who certain people are, people you know, relatives, older relatives, younger relatives, people you work with, authors you know, musicians, and see what she knows. Because I believe like ChatGPT, she, well, she's more current because she's pulling on mm-hmm. the internet. ChatGPT, mm-hmm. I understand, is a closed LLM, large language model, closed for tw- at 2021. I don't even know if, if she's mm-hmm. got, if right. ChatGPT has current information from 2022. And so mm-hmm. it's very, very limited. I asked ChatGPT, who 
I was. It had no clue. And then it told me I was the host of somebody else's radio show and somebody else was the host of mine. It got a lot. Of, so that wouldn't have been a very good memoir, would it, Graciela? But right, I, right. I played, I played with, with Alexa and I, I asked her to tell me who different people are that I know who have positions of, <clears throat> shall we say, responsible predictions, positions in major corporations, people, relatives or friends. And she had no clue. She kept, One company, she kept telling me the name of the CEO and couldn't go any deeper into, I know the, the chief counsel, general counsel for this company. She knew who the company was, where it was based, couldn't get past that one person. That was all she knew. So it was very interesting. Go, go ahead, Graciela, quickly, because I got to get to Stevie's prediction. Yeah. Go ahead. So, so this is an example of the mundane, right? If we can have it outlined, titles, <laughs> job descriptions, where you're born and get it right, then we are free then to focus on the stories we want to add to that structure. And I think that's a beautiful thing. That's going to there encourage go. people to really do it. So Thank you. Good example. Stevie Gallegos, I'm going to Gallegos. I'm going to prediction number two. Let's see if we can get through this. We've got three minutes left. <clears throat> you say, as a musician and songwriter, I predict that the integration of AI into our creative workflow will allow us to produce a better product. For instance, when I write lyrics, Gene likes this, I often find myself constrained by my existing vocabulary and familiar phrases. However, with AI, I can access new words, new phrases, new language patterns I would not have considered allowing me to grow as an artist. I love having a tool that allows me to transcend the limitations of my own knowledge. Stevie, that was lovely. Go ahead. Take two minutes is all we have. Go ahead, Stevie. Thank you so much. And I believe that, you know, we all we all deal with this and regardless of what we're doing. And, and we, we shouldn't be afraid of it, right? Because all it is is a tool. Remember the sundial? sundial, right? I mean, you didn't experience it personally back in the day, but the sundial <laughs> is artificial intelligence because it allowed the humans then to mm -hmm. learn how to tell time using the sun, but a manufactured device, right? Encyclopedia Britannica's. Now, I'm not old enough to know what those look like, but I've heard of them, right? <laughs> there was, uh, right? 24 volumes of all the information that existed in the world that you went to, right? To write your school reports and to learn about bugs and those kinds of things. And then the internet and, and then, well, before that, right? The car came along and displaced the horse and buggy and people said, oh no, society's ruined. And then the internet came along, oh no, that's the end of humanity. And then the cell phone came out and well, we're all gonna die. Don't be afraid, ladies and gentlemen. This is just a tool, right? And obviously any tool, like you can take a hammer and build a house or you can take a hammer and end someone's life, right? Any tool can be used negatively and there are gonna be people that, that use it that way. But I think that in the mainstream, it's going to just facilitate uh, our progress as human beings, as creatives to do whatever it is we wanna do. Thank you very much. Very interesting. By the way, speaking of progress, I did a show in the future of everything automotive and AI a couple of weeks ago, and I asked uh, Night Cafe Studio to create some flying taxis for me. And this was one. I'm just going to quickly, Chris Carter, if you're still watching, you may have seen this on this show. Here's another one, and here's another one. I could not have drawn any of those. Stevie, very, very well put. Uh, I'm going to make a prediction that I'm inviting all four of you back for part two this fall. Would you like to come back? I think we have so much more to cover. We may just make it, instead of predictions, we may just make it on movie quotes and song quotes from you, which will be a little departure from my format because you're all so good. Chris Carter is, no, that's a different Chris Carter, Glenda. Um, he's a tech guy. Anyway, everybody, I have a quick, uh, first of all, thank you to Andrew, our engineer. I have to thank somebody, Glenda, Mickey Mickelson. Didn't I get introduced to you from Mickey? Mickel yeah. Mickey Mickelson is a, a PR guy. 
and he's the uh, co-owner now of Top Shelf Magazine. I understand they're going to be featuring me in one of their issues eventually. I've, I've sent some information. Thank you very much. And uh, he introduces me to some wonderful, wonderful creatives, and Glenda Benavides is one, and Glenda introduced me to Jean Williams. Jean, so nice to meet you. And I met Stevie Gallegos and Graciela Captamama Tescareño Sato. I hope I'm saying it all right. You have one of the easier pronouncing names, I have to tell you, Graciela. Uh, I met the two of you at uh, Steve Harrison's National Publicity Summit several months ago, and I just recognized that you would be great for these shows, so I appreciate it. So I have a quick homework assignment for all of you right now. It's a pop quiz. I want you to see if you can do this. Raise your finger and wave it, and we're going to say no, no, no on the count of three. Gene, can you do that? Give me your index finger. No, no, no. Okay, here's the, here's the quote, my quote. People say the future is already here, and our answer is one, two, three. No. Come on, Gene, say it. No, 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 no. And the reason is that was yesterday's future, or that was the future yes. 10 seconds ago. That's already in the past. I said it. It's gone. We're all here to make it, I'm going to say, instead of a better future, we're all here to make it a nicer future, a more exciting future, a more creative future, a happier future. Glenda Benavides, thank you. Gene Williams, thank you. Stick around, everybody, just for a second, Graciela. Thank you, Stevie Gallegos. Thank you. Bonnie D signing off by the link. Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now. Oh